Mic check, mic check, mic check. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the top 10 movies of 2022. Uh, quick disclaimer as always that, uh, you know, these are the movies that I have seen. I haven't seen obviously all of them. I, I want to say I, I've seen probably about 45, 50 movies last year. But these are my top 10 movies. You can kind of rearrange them. I'm probably in the future going to change them in my mind, you know, what really stood out. But these are the ones that stood out to me right here, right now. And I would just kind of want to capture this time and um, share some of my favorite movies with you. Um, top 10 lists of uh, the year are always my favorite to kind of compare what everybody else's um, favorite movies of the year were as well as um, getting uh, a little bit of insight on the movies that I have not seen. And so um, it's just kind of a fun way for everybody to um, kind of share their favorite experiences. Um, I'm doing non-spoilers, by the way, so just to kind of get everybody in the mix of what's happening. Um, but yes, we're just going to give a quick uh, one or two sentence synopsis of... Uh, how we felt about it and then from there we're going to kind of dive a little bit more in the detail of the film just what why it deserves a place on my top 10 um so let's hop into the list i know no, nobody wants to stick around and dilly dally these days you know podcasts if you're watching a lot of podcasts these days you don't want to uh just uh sack around and you know listen to the, the billy bobbies and the um advertisements and whatnot so let's get to it number 10 on my list and again just because the movie did not maybe your favorite movie didn't make it on the list um maybe i haven't seen the movie um maybe there was some sort of uh uh reaction i i had going into it that i was just a preconceived was like maybe this isn't going to be a good movie and then i just walked out and i just wasn't feeling it no that's just uh Let's just try to keep it as uh, unbiased as possible, but also, you know, respect everybody else's list if you got it. And again, check out the other lists from the other years as well. I went back and checked out some of the other previous top 10 lists of 2020, 2021. You can go on com and check out all of the lists at the scroll at the bottom of the homepage. Um, links are all in the, the, the description. So number 10 on the list is The Menu. Now, The Menu is a film that came out for the mass audiences via streaming, I want to say late December, maybe mid-December, something like that. But it kind of feels like it could have gone in like the September-October slot. And with saying that, it's got this white lotus, chef's table um, kind of mystery of... You know, everyone in a bottle film going to the single place and having a single experience. Ergo, the menu is a group of individuals, some of our favorite actors, Nicholas Holt, Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, 
uh, Voldemort, Ralph Fiennes, uh, tons of uh, great actors. Um, and uh, from there, we're basically just having one crazy ass night. And this movie does kind of unravel in very similar plot threads, uh, very similar um, uh, subsections and storytelling techniques that other murder mystery thriller type movies will have. And um, the thing is, I think this movie does it really good. It's one of the most entertaining kind of dark comedic movies of 2022. And it just jumped up there right above 13 lives for me on um, the 2022 list. It just got there between the blend of the comedy and the thrilling nature of it. Some little bit of horror on it. Just sprinkle a little bit of horror. It was um, it was a blast to watch and a lot of fun. Um and I believe we're out of there in like, let me see. I believe we're out of there in less than two hours, which is amazing for anything. Yeah, 106 minutes, um, which is almost unheard of for 2022 movies. It's, it's, it's insane how long movies have gotten these days, even though a lot of these movies actually have ended up on my top 10 list of the year. Number nine, Jordan Peele's Nope. So Jordan Peele's Nope was the third, I believe it's the third feature in Under His Belt coming, following behind, um, or following up from Us, which I believe was a 2019, let me see, Us movie, let me see if the, uh, Us movie, I think that was a 20, yeah, 2019 release. And, uh, you know, we have some of, uh, his, some of his favorite actors, some of them returning, some not returning, uh, Kaluuya being one of them. Um, Nope has some of the best cinematography of the year. Now, this is the primary reason I had it up there with my, um, uh, with my top 10. When I saw it, it was just a, a theatrical ride. Now, I was in the movie theater kind of like midday. I don't like going too crazy during the day, like, uh, or sorry, late at night when it's too, you know, too busy and people talking and all that. But the people that were in there, everyone had a generally a good time. We were all like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like there was a lot of um, horror aspects that really popped with me um, visually uh, from the storytelling to just the sheer scope of the ambition of it. Um, go back and check out the review we had for Nope. It was one of my favorite movies of the last year. And uh, it kind of calls back what feels like old Spielberg type style movie storytelling. And um, yeah, just go back and check out uh, Nope. It's it's one of the most visually gripping movies of the last year. I will say that, uh, you know, and the performances, obviously all of those are amazing. The, the direction and all that up. Uh, The reason it didn't get higher is because I think that the overall, um, the ending could have been a little bit tighter for me, but that's just about it for me. Um, Number eight. Let me have a little suspense with this one. Number eight. The Sandman. No, not the show. Adam Sandler. In his drama comedy 
uh, sports mm, fictional biodoc. Uh, it was one of my favorite movies of last year, mostly because of his performance. I kind of like Sad Sandman. You know, Sad Sandler is um, a force to be reckoned with. You know, some of his best performances, I feel like, throughout the years, obviously... He's known a lot for the comedy, but, you know, he has some very interesting performances under his belt when it comes to the dramatic side. Think of, uh, I haven't seen Spanglish, but I've heard a lot about it, but uh, Uncut Gems being another one. Um, A lot of the dramatic stuff he has with, like, regards to him being, like, a father figure and, like, Big Daddy, I think that he plays the dramatic figure well, and he's kind of, like, he's not quite down on his luck, but he does that character pretty well um and this is the character um that he he kind of plays but it's it's like a, a scout and he's trying to scout for some of the most uh highest paid or future talent on the nba and so it's just something that you wouldn't really peg me i'm not a big sports guy and so i'm like sports um they're generally just fine i i I only get so excited with it and i feel like it's a kind of a binary win-lose situation and i'm just like if i don't you know i'm not a big sports guy but having him having him express so much drama and having him express so much uh humanity into the reasoning of the backstory of the 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 business of basketball gave some real quote-unquote insight to how the game was work how how it works and his dynamic with uh what is the other actor's name i think is uh honcho hernan gomez i believe i believe he's uh yeah he's spanish pro- uh, professional basketball player for the toronto raptors of uh, the nba and I think this is like one of his first roles and he's he's phenomenal in it. I think he's you can see that he's kind of a up and coming actor, but the more he gets comfortable with Sandler, it just feels like they just bounce off each other and it's one of my favorite movies of last year. I had a I recommended it to one of my buddies who's big into sports and he said he really appreciated the recommendation. And so anybody that's a big sports guy out there, I, this one feels that it kind of curves the uh the typical sports drama because it's got Adam Sandler. It's got this uh, tit for tat kind of comedy that you're not really expecting, but there's also this humility that comes along with it. Number seven. That's not the song. Um, what was it? Highway to the Top Gun to Maverick Zone. You bet it. You bet it. Tom Cruise did it again. I I want to say when I was listening to my other podcast that Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout, was that 2019, 2018? Well, that might have been 2018, but that would have made it if it was. Um, Tom Cruise always goes balls to the wall, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, ever since, ever since, uh, eyes wide shut, if you know what I mean, we've covered that one too. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, Tom, Top Gun to Maverick. I didn't do a podcast on this. 
Well, I, there was tons of movies and uh, TVs I didn't, uh, TV shows I didn't do podcasts on, mostly because I was consuming so much and I didn't want to get spoiled and I felt like I was getting behind. But um, this is a this is a chance to give you uh, a reason why I enjoyed Top Gun two. Now I I went back, I did the full rewatch. I went back and watched Top Gun one from the eighties. I watched them get all greased up, lathered up, and fucking volleyballing it up, and you know, highway to the danger zone in it, and everything like that. Um, thoughts on the first movie um, going into the second one was I was like, this is like a romantic sports film, um, you know, that happens to take place in the Navy, and I was just I had no idea what what to really expect, um, or was it the Air Force? Navy, I, I can't remember, but you know, anyways, in the in the forces, and so um, I think it's the Navy, but anyways, uh, trips me up because they're flying, but I think they're flying on helicarriers. But anyways, anyways, no, they they are in the Navy because I remember the uh, the outfits. So um, yeah, the first one, it's fine, you know, it's entertaining, it's straight up eighties galore, you know, it's everything you would expect in you know a sports romantic. Uh, blend of a, a film you know we've seen this before in other sports films so going into the second one I had heard really really um, high praise of the movie and I was like pish posh don't be so daft I'm sure it's going to be a fine film I've seen some of his Mission Impossible films I was like wait wait what they did they did this entire like ninety percent of the movie like entirely practical. This movie looks and seems and feels impossible because I think without any of these actors, any of the people behind the scenes, Joseph uh, Kaczynski or something like that, uh, all of these people, the reason this movie works is because Tom Cruise actually did become basically his real life character in the movie uh he becomes maverick he he becomes the teacher in the first movie it's all about him and uh you know val kilmer's iceman being um you, you know kind of being hotheads and competing in this toxic mas- masculinity and how you're going to get ki- somebody killed well top gun one things aren't things don't exactly happen in a good fashion manner for a non, a non-spoiler film and this movie comes back and reckons with it and he's you know i feel like there's this not i don't know what the word is for just having i, I don't feel like nostalgia is the right word because it's like having a fondness for something that you used to back in the day but it's not like so much a fondness of someone something from back in the day it's more like seeing someone grow up or seeing something grow up seeing the character of uh tom cruise's maverick uh grow up is feels i don't know some sort of uh it just feels good you know and seeing somebody you know uh hit a level of actually being and becoming a character like so the first one tom cruise was essentially playing an actor that was you know you know, he actually did go up in the flights. He actually did go up and they, you know, the first one, um, they actually did do that. A lot of it practical, but 
going back and watching it, it was very hard to see. It was a lot of it was kind of chip, uh, you know, chopped up. I couldn't see. I didn't know who was in the pilot. I, I didn't know who was driving. I didn't know what who was flying the plane, where we're going. I, things were happening so fast. I didn't know what was going on. This one is so much more clear, concise. You can see everything that's happening. It's a very um, high concept, which means it's an easy plan for them to for us as the audience to understand and play out and, and you know understand what's going on um and on a budget of 170 million they made miles teller they made uh uh, uh i guess he's the only one i don't I, they made all of the the actors all of the young actors and tom cruise actually they went up and they recorded it they actually did the shit so what you're watching is very much practical, and it's it's just amazing how they've done it. Um, it feels like an impossible feature, and you know, just talking about it, I'm just like still flabbergasted about how they did it. So, anyways, I was um, very much on the team uh, Top Gun Maverick because it, it was an experience because it's. It's not exactly a documentary, but they actually did the shit. So it's hard to say that it's not, um, you know, got some sort of documentary-esque value to it. Because they just fucking mount the cameras on the fucking planes and they fucking go. And you're like, I feel like you're holding on to this shit. You know, it is fucking bonkers. Watch it on the biggest TV you can, on the biggest screen, loudest system. You're going to be fucking like holding on to your couch. Like, you know, like it's going to be nuts. Um Top Gun 2 Maverick, or Top Gun Maverick absolutely deserves a place on the top 10 list. So what was that? Uh, 10, 9, 8, uh, 8, 7, 6. Can't count. 6 is Pixar's, is this Pixar? Pixar's Animation Studios distributed by Walt Disney's Turning Red. Now, this was a movie I did regret not going back and reviewing just because this is a movie that kind of got like a soft release. A lot of people say they, that the Pixar movies since Onward and twenty all the 2021 movies that Pixar has released and uh, I think like The Good Dinosaur or something, I don't remember. They, they've been kind of up and down with what they've been releasing and, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of forgot what the most recent films they've they've gotten but uh they 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 haven't exactly been what you would say is the consistently high brand that they've normally been the very they used to be a very high luxury um uh, animation studio and now some of the stuff they're you know presenting is not is a little bit more just standard this turning red movie is anything but standard it's uh directed by uh, domi shi she's a chinese born uh canadian animator director um, and this movie has so much life and heart and family, you know, like Vin Diesel pops out of nowhere, like family. No, no. Yeah. He, it's got family. It's, it's got the dynamics, uh, that really work from, you know, the, uh, the daughter mother perspective, but you don't have to be either one of those to feel what you're feeling in this film because they are able to describe and show how you know growing up can be you know almost feel like you're turning into a monster and so it's 
a massive metaphor for, you know, uh, a coming of age film. And it just presents so many opportunities for, um, you know, there to be this really powerful connection with hashtag family. So um, Turning Red not only has the visual stimulation that the kids are going to want, but it's got the writing. It's got the it's got such a, uh, a kind of a. I've said this earlier, tip for tap, but it's got this very, it's got a rhythm to it. There's music that goes along with it. You got like the Billie Eilish's on here and stuff like that. Ludwig Gordson, that's the Mandalorian guy. Um, they've got, uh, was a four town for life. Like, like it was so much fun hanging out with, I didn't, I didn't think hanging out with uh, the, these characters. I mean, you're basically following these four girls who are, you know, like 11, 12, and, you know, they're into the, the, the One Directions and the, the, the boy bands of the day. In this, this is called uh, Four Town or something like that. And, um, or H Town. I can't remember what it is. Um, anyways, yeah, Four Town. And it is just so funny to see. The, it, it reminds me of uh, other coming of age movies that I've seen as, like, dramas but normally they are so much more sad they don't have this type of rhythm and direction this is so much fun and i would watch it you know watch it again uh, with the whole family or you know just whoever it would be it's a lot of fun um and again the animation is beautiful it's so much so much uh pop to it. It, it 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 just uh it deserves a place on the top 10 i'm glad that we're able to talk about it here four townie for life um, yeah, and the music's fucking good. I, I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, number five. Let me just, uh, beep, boop, bop, beep, beep, boop, bop, beep. Number five. <laughs> Can anyone guess what that is? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Batman. Matt Reeves, the Batman. Okay, so, um, what much more can we say about the Batman? It seems like a project from left field. We've we go back and check the review to kind of get more details of how I feel about the movie. But the reason that it's overall in the fifth fifth place, I think that's. A solid place for it right now. Kind of, I've gone back and watched a few parts of it and whatnot. It is too long. I'm gonna say that, but the performances, the direction, the colors, it all pops, and I love it. I I I just like watching and looking at this movie. In ways, it does feel contained, in a way that I felt I wanted to be a little bit more open and breathy. But I feel like it's because of how dark it is. There's so much darkness in it. It's just like. You don't ever really get to breathe during the day much in this film. And, uh, you know, so going back and having a fun time with it is not exactly what I'd rec- I would say that this movie is, um, you know, fulfilling. It's not exactly doing that. It is um, presenting a very solid adult oriented uh, detective film starring Batman and you know, without going into too many more details of the the plot, 
Yeah, this is a detective film, and it's a detective film first. So, uh, and, and of course, it's shot by uh, Matt Reeves, which has an impeccable and very interesting style. The more I go back and kind of look at Matt Reeves' style, I had no idea he was the Cloverfield 2008 director. I went back and watched that over the summer 2022, and... I was blown away about how big scale and epic that movie felt. I don't think because of the shaky cam of it, I would have been able to watch it on in the movies. But that movie, it, it it's a you know monster rating kind of. It's almost like a found footage film, as if Godzilla was you know invading New York, and it's just like. It's amazing. It looks super expensive and incredibly shot. I was actually surprised by the performances in there, too, as well. Uh, T.J. Miller actually held his own for a while. Um, but, yeah, Matt Reeves has a very interesting style. Let's see, I had no idea this. he was the guy that did uh, uh, was in the, the Felicity uh, drama. He wasn't in it, but he was in the making of it. You know, uh, Planet of the Apes 2014 and 2017. Um Dawn of the Apes, War of the Apes. It's just, uh, he's got a very interesting and eclectic style and just unexpectedly, uh, just, it's it's unexpected everything this guy's brought to the table um, when it comes to his filmography. It's always something interesting. So, in in, in epic normally, it, it unexpectedly epic. So, the Batman deserves place number five. Number four, The Northman. The Northman is one of my favorite pieces of media last year for multiple reasons. You got a spectacular cast. You've got a, a pretty uh, high concept storytelling of you know someone slaughtered slaughtered the village and now I gotta go get revenge. It's a it's a classic revenge story. Hamlet, I believe, is the is the, is what it's based off of, um, but. It's also got Robert Eggers, who has one of the craziest styles you've ever seen in all of his movies. You're going to see something you've never seen before or experience. It's his movies are like experiences, but like like I just spiked my you know Coca Cola before walking into the movie theater or something like that with mushrooms. Like I I just don't know what what to expect with his style, and I always I'm in for a treat. Whether it's the Lighthouse, the Vich. The Northmen. This movie is what I wish more movies would attempt to be. It's it's way over budget, but it's because it's got like the fucking Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Ani Taylor Joy, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe. Everybody's in this fucker. Um, Claus Bang. It's everyone's in this shit, and so with a budget of seventy to ninety million, it's a beautiful feature. It's. It, it it feels like at some points you're watching the the our planet or planet earth documentaries just in 4k you're like oh my god and then all of a sudden fucking vikings are coming and, and fucking you know get your ass and i'm just like oh shit and just like 
I, I'm like, this is extremely depraved. It's It feels like elements of Game of Thrones, but the action is just off the chain. I'm like, this dude can do, does it all. It's all kind of very heavily influenced by uh, Norse mythology. I was like, this is this is what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, there's so many elements that'll make you feel kind of icky and, and uncomfortable. But uh, you know, what's a good movie without a little bit of you know some of that sprinkled in? But that's the the Northman, and uh, that was by far one of the my favorite films of the year. Go back and check the review. Uh, the main reason is it because it looks like they got down fucking dirty. It looks so disgusting and horrible of a place to be, and that's when I was thinking of like the the dirty Game of Thrones episodes when they're you know actually wagging each other and they like smacking each other on the battlefield and psh, psh, dirt's everywhere, bloods. It's just disgusting. It's things that you don't see like that in like maybe say like the MCU where everything feels ultra hyper hyper digital i guess instead of hyper violence more like hyper digital everything just the the background looks like they're standing in like you know a candy cane world or something i don't know i i generally like marvel movies and dc movies and all that but this whole use of uh cgi just to, to put anybody anywhere they need to be is just it's getting to a point where it's just not done uh effectively and it's just it feels lazy at this point it's like all right take them to atlanta they put them anywhere they can be on the moon or they can be in uh fucking bumfuck russia or something like they could be literally anywhere so um let's talk about a movie that uses cgi well triple r or r r r the uh, movie. I th- there's, there's so much about this movie. I don't even know what to say. The reason this movie gets my number three spot is because, like many movies I have on here, especially going from the Batman up or Top Gun up, they're experiences. Maybe everything, all of these movies are experiences to a degree, but this one, oh my god! Now couple things you need to know off the top it is an indian telugu language epic action drama film directed by ss raja malu now apparently i i know very little about the behind the scenes of this movie because i haven't actually done a review about it because it's it's such a massive review and a massive feature to tackle i i'm kind of uh I am a little bit nervous to get everything wrong and mispronounce everything, but this is my chance to kind of let it shine and tell you why this is number three on the list. This is number three on the list because uh, Raja Malui, you have the uh, other two actors, Rama and Ram. So three of them all have the Ram, Rama, and Raja. That's the triple R title of the movie they were that confident that this movie was going to be good that they named the movie after all of their names now if that doesn't say some confidence shit i don't know what does so what is this movie this movie is an action epic drama of a young girl kidnapped taken and needs to be uh obviously uh saved and so Ram, uh, Ram, sorry, uh, Rama 
Rama Rayo Jr. I'm going to get all these names wrong, so just kind of I might give them old nicknames. Rama has to go back and fight the uh, evil British colonialists, the colony, colonizers, to get his niece back or get, get the girl back to the village. And basically, it's the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. And we are in the perspectives of both of these individuals. Rama is going to get the girl. Ram is going to do anything to prevent him from getting the girl. And so it is the clash of the titans. I'm talking send the tigers. I'm talking triple backflip into a massive crowd of rioters. Beat every single one of them back. It is jump on somebody's head and do a split on it. I'm talking the craziest fucking action you can think of. Think of... I mean, you're like, well, I've seen Avengers, I've seen John Wick, I've seen The Raid 2, I've seen all of these things. I've seen really good action. I've, you know, but I've seen Henry Cavill cock and load his arms style. (laughs) What gets better than that? Well, this is what gets better than that. This is like every... Fast and Furious ridiculous scene, but on top of each other. But they are genuine about it, you know? They are actually like we we are actually serious about it. And it's and it looks not a hundred percent of it looks real. Like we were talking about over the overuse of CGI. I feel like this uses CGI to the to the benefit of the viewer for for pushing the narrative forward in a specific way i don't feel like just having the background turn whatever you're in the quantum realm you're in fucking the mother box realm you're in the uh diagon alley realm you know i and they just flip the background and that's what the overuse of cgi i'm talking about this type of cgi is using to progress progress the plot forward and we're not just using it to you know plop our characters into certain specific locations they actually feel like they go on location on a uh, much of this or at least build sets on much of this uh movie and it just looks absolutely ridiculous in the best way so um kind of rounding up triple r it is one of the craziest fucking movies. It's three hours, and I know that sounds chonky, but let me hear me out. It's basically paced as if it's two separate movies. It's basically it's basically the first half and second half. There's actually even a place in the middle where it kind of gives you an intermission spot, so you can if you need to go use a restroom or whatever. Which the more I think about it, if you're gonna have three hour movies, it should almost, in my opinion. What's a five minute or, or a six, five to ten minute, you know, intermission going to do? It's going to allow everybody to get more food, get allowed to get your drink. You can sit down and enjoy the rest of the movie. I feel like if these movies are Batman, Avatar, all of these are going to start hitting three hour films. If we're going to hit a three and a half hour film, fucking Gone with the Wind style, 
give us 10 minutes to break. Let us go look at our phone. We have fucking ADD out the asshole. Every TikTok film is doing beat to bop, bop, bop. And then this next film, you know, you got, it's like, it, there's no time to decompress. And that's why people, uh, you know, individuals don't want to. Uh, go to theaters these days you know the three hour triple r film sounds hefty but you can watch it on netflix right now in the in the states i think it's uh varied on depending on which uh place you're in where your territory is located but yeah i'm i love triple r i've watched it twice um both times i didn't feel the runtime and i love the reaction of who our whoever i was with you need to watch this with the friends the girls the boys the, the family you know whoever you're watching with get some drinks have some fun choose your vice have a blast it is a fucking crazy fucking time and on top of that it has killer music i'm like this is fucking badass like if you go back and look at a lot of my top 10 movies of the past few years a lot of them very much focus on being experiences i want to have an emotional reaction but if it gets that rhythm right and it has that music to go along with it i love it that much more and that's why this hits my number three film of 2022 triple r and I'm trying to get everybody to watch it. I tried to get Corey Coleman on Double Touches to watch it. He hasn't watched it yet. Everyone's like, all oh, three hours. You won't feel the three hours. I, I've watched so many five. I've watched probably six, ten hour plus uh, TV shows that were nowhere near as good as the experience you're getting with Triple R. These people, these guys are going places. They are going to be in more stuff. Tri- check out Triple R. Number two. Ooh, it's coming down. I'll give you a little hint. It's one of my more recent reviews of uh, 2022. We actually did the the back-to-back, kind of similar to Top Gun. It's also a sequel. Avatar, The Way of Water. Avatar, The Way of Water. Okay, so just like Top Gun, I said, we went back and watched the first Avatar. Um, So... What can we say about Avatar The Way of the Water? Um, basically, it's making all the money in the world. It's I think it's like fifth or sixth top grossing movie ever of all time already. Uh, budget 350 to 460 million, so the, uh, almost half a billion dollars. It's made almost two billion. It's sitting at 1.9 at this moment. So there's undoubtedly it's going to. Um, and of course, if it gets re-released, people are going to continue to see it. Most people don't think it's going to hit the the mark that the original one did, but they've already greenlit the other two movies as well. So I th- we'll at least get three and four, possibly five and six. Um, Avatar: The Way of the Water. Sorry, the water. Way of Water. It's an experience. What can I say? You have to go to the theater to feel the experience, and it actually has me thinking about movies a little bit differently these days. That. Most movies, if not all movies, are shot to be in the movie theater. And which makes me think that all movies are only being specifically shot to be shown in a theater at this point for like three or four weeks at tops. And then everyone gets to watch it on their television, Netflix, HBO. It's very interesting to think about. So... 
But it doesn't feel like it should discount the movie any. I have so many classic movies I didn't see in the theaters that I absolutely fell in love with post-theaters. Like, I didn't see any of the original movie, uh, Star Wars movies 70s in the 70s. Um, all of the Indiana Jones movies, didn't watch those in there. All of the, uh, Most of my 90s movies that I've fallen in love, uh, you know, really like, animated or not, you know, all those Disney movies, I didn't watch any of those in theaters, which is... Just something I was thinking about. I was like, so, you know, we only shoot, or, you know, the majority of Hollywood, I would assume, is always thinking, or had been thinking up until maybe 2018, 2019, give or take COVID. Um, you know, movie theater, big production, big thing, big, you know, big, 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 kind of because it's going to be going to theater, so you got to shoot it big. You know, there's only so many people, so many times that are going to be able to experience the way that media was meant to be shown like James Cameron obviously is going to say go to the theaters go watch my movie in 3D in IMAX the best whatever quality you can but let's just say you know your grandkids or something like that they will never have that experience and I mean they'll probably have like a a, a VR experience where they can just be in Pandora fuck that you know um but I just think it's kind of interesting to think about, like all of the theaters and all of the the creators of making movies basically are only are doing two or three years of work, promotional, behind the camera, in front of the camera, all of the stuff for, you know, for for the average person, most people are only going to sit in a theater, are only going to see one movie once. So it's just remarkable to think about. But they have to do that for you know most, multiple mass amount of people. I just think of how much time is put into that for an experience specifically to only be experienced for a certain amount of time. It's almost like a play, but the play obviously is live and this is pre-recorded. But you're not getting the same experience. So when I put... Avatar the way this is a long way of me saying when I put Avatar the way of water on number two on my list it's because of the experience I had in the movie theater I had an emotional reaction I had a you know a visceral reaction to the 3d coming at me I was like this is amazing um but that doesn't mean that I'm going to have that same reaction or that same experience watching it on TV or at home or on a theater or, or any other style. Maybe even just watching it in theaters again, not in 3D. I've heard people say that, you know, oh, it's just fine. I watched it in regular D. It was a fine movie. But I felt like so like a third of the experience was the 3D, was being enclosed in a big uh, soundproof room that is dark and, you know, you, nobody else is talking. And it's, and, you know, it feels like you're overcome with the whales behind you and shit like that you know it's just like um it's just an interesting thing for me to think about with regards to the movie experience you know so that is why avatar the way of water on top of it being you know it being an experience um it is very much the experience you have to have in theaters versus you know having it at home so we've come to number one on the list. It's a long-awaited list. I know we've done this for several years now. And uh, it is a review that we already have up on YouTube. So be sure to go back and check this one out. And SoundCloud or any other platform that we're on. Look at podcast.com. Check them out. Everything, everywhere, all at once. 
is my number one 2022 movie. Now, why is Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, my favorite film of the year? And obviously, subject to change, you know, I might have a different movie that ends up making 2022 that I haven't seen. But Everything Everywhere All at Once made me feel literally everything everywhere all at once. It made me want to... It's obviously rewatch it. It made me want to share the experience. I wanted to share this, tell people about it. Um, I wanted them to look at media, look at themselves. This movie opens what feels like the third eye. It, it, it feels like an experience that you haven't had before. It's a dish that you've never yet tasted before. And the Daniels and Michelle Yeoh and Kiwan Kwai, what was uh, what's his name? Everything. Um, let me see. Ki Hyu Kwan and Michelle Yeoh and uh, Stephanie Su, directed by the Daniels, they bring a powerhouse performance. I laughed. I cried. There was action. There was horror there was every emotion you could possibly think of even storylines that went in a ridiculous manner that you would never expect to ever work i'm talking like ratatouille type shit and you're like what the hell but yeah i'm i'm telling you this movie is literally everything everywhere all at once it'll make you feel so many emotions you are going to fall in love with these characters there are lines, taxes, and laundry is a cinematic line that is going to go down in history. Knowing and hearing about the uh, special effects and everything that uh, apparently it was a very small and minimal team that were behind the scenes doing a lot of the effects, I was blown away. This movie feels impossible. Just like a couple other movies on here feel impossible, this movie absolutely feels impossible, and it makes you feel the best in the best way. Um, it It's... Uh, coming of age kind of sounds like, oh, it's, you know, it's a feel good. But it, it's, it's a coming of age. It's an action film. It's, it's a drama film. It's a comedy. It's everything. It is just so much... Packed into there. I had no idea. I, I kind of forgot that the Russo brothers from in, uh, Infinity War and Endgame um, and uh, uh, Civil War, um, Captain America, were all producers in this, as well as the Quans. Um, but I was... Uh, and, and these are the directors from Swiss Army Man. And, I, you know, that movie is... It's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, it's uh, kind of dramatic comedy as well. Daniel Radcliffe, but it doesn't hit these levels. These levels, I don't, I feel like Swiss Army Man had pacing problems. This movie, it feels like it's it's just an epic fucking buildup, similar to Triple R style, and then the whole second half just feels like the trickling down effect. It is so much fun. You know, it's it's pure entertainment at its best, and I can't recommend it enough. Um, and of course, it's got uh, some some really fun 
like action scenes. The music, it just goes along with it. I bawled like a baby twice. I uh, showed it to my mother. Uh, I, I wanted her to watch it. She loved it. She said she had crazy dreams watching uh, after after she had watched it. <laughs> she was probably everything, everywhere. All at once. Oh, God, Elias, what did you do? Did you spike the tea? <laughs> you know, like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was... Um, it was just an experience. I absolutely loved it. And I'm, I'm loving to see the people shit on the golden globes all the time. The, the, all of the love that everywhere, every, everything, everywhere, all at once is getting is absolutely deserved. It's starting with the globes. And I think it's just going to be a trickle down effect. I think they need to, they need even more. A 24 has another banger on their hit on their, on their, uh, shelf. So, um, I, I was, uh, they've won two Golden Globes, I believe. It was, uh, both, uh, both Michelle Yeoh and Kihu on Kwan. I, um, I love this film. But anyways, let's wrap it up. That is the top 10 of 2022. I had, um, top anticipated movies of 2023. Let me see if I can get a quick list up real quick before we hop on out. So, um... What do we have this coming out this year? Magic Mike's Last Dance. I have not seen any Magic Mike, so I might have to go back and check a couple of those out to get into that. Obviously, Ant-Man and Quantum, Ma- The Wasp and Quantum Mania. That should be coming out pretty soon. That's in February. Creed 3. I did not see the second one, so I need to catch up on that one. 65 with Adam Driver. Not sure what that is. Um, Scream. What a 6. I didn't ha- I'm, I'm a little screamed behind Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah. John Wick Chapter 4. Okay. Got uh, Stahowski behind there and directing again. I like that. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I've got hope for that. I've got I like Chris Pine. So Oh, you got Hugh Grant in there too. Oh yeah, let's do that. Um Super Mario Bros. Got the got Chris Pratt. I wonder if we can get a voice changer on there and then it'll be good. Um Evil Dead Rise. I've heard some crazy shit about that. I thought that was a TV show. I, I didn't realize that. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I think everyone's done. I think everyone's done after this one. Especially with James Gunn taking over DC. Oh, we got Fast 10 Family! Um, not much to say about this one. All the, All I know is that literally all of the... <laughs> the directors and there's been a whole bunch of behind the scenes shit that's been kind of falling through. I'm not exactly sure what kind of state the movie is going to be in. I'm a little bit behind on didn't see nine. So I need to catch up with 10, but fast and furious ever since like eight or seven, since we unfortunately lost Paul hasn't been as great, but we'll see if they can bring it back. Um, little mermaid. I would be more interested in this if it wasn't Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall's kind of he's a safe director, but you know, me competent but safe. Safe. Spider-Man Across the Universe. Um I I really love the first one. Such an amazing feat. Animation was beautiful. Can't wait for the second one. Transformers Rise of the Beast. Eh, uh, I never was into the beast. 
Um, the Flash. The big thing about The Flash, everyone's saying this is going to be a fucking killer movie, but the thing is, obviously, Ezra Miller's been a menace to society, and I, I don't know if they're going to keep him or not. Then DC's like, we're scrapping the whole fucking thing, except we're going to keep uh, Jason uh, Jason Momoa. He's going to be Lobo, and then we're probably going to keep uh, Ezra. We're going to put him, dip him through rehab for some reason, and then somehow keep... I don't know if we're going to keep him, like... Keep him in the the DC uh, universe or what? I personally think that you know he needs to get help him get help and the, uh, show him the exit of DC. I think he's done enough here. Um, but the Andy Muschietti is what's really gotten me really um, excited. So you know, obviously, I hope that Miller gets his help. I hope he recovers and does what he has to do. But I don't think he should be in this um, the DC anymore uh, universe. So. Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. That's a terrible name, but I'm optimistic for it. Um, what do we got? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. What is with that name? Um, I'm sure it's going to be good because he uh, Tom Cruise has this level of standard. and He's like, I, if it ain't up to my standard, it ain't happening. Um, I didn't realize Oppenheimer was happening next year. Um, got Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Rami Malek, Josh Hart, huh, Benny Sapp. Oh. Oh, yes. Murphy. Oh my. This is like directed by Chris Nolan. Oh my god. That is an amazing fucking cast. Um, let's fucking go. Uh, let's see. The Marvels. I don't really know anything about them, so I'm just kind of optimistic, I guess. Got Brie Larson in it. Uh, saw Brie Larson in Room the other day on HBO, and that had me just absolutely bawling in tears. One of her best performances I've ever seen from uh, uh, Larson. Roosevelt by um, Martin Scorsese starring DiCaprio. It's about Roosevelt starring DiCaprio, I guess, and I uh, don't know anything about that. Um, oh, no. Okay, so... um. Barbie got Greta Gerwig starring, um, directed by Gerwig starring uh, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. I'm pretty optimistic for that because that's some that's some powerhouse performance and uh, direction behind the behind the camera. August, uh, Blue Beetle, unfamiliar. The Nun two in September. Quiet Place spinoff to be decided. Um, Craven the Hunter twenty is. Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven the Hunter? I didn't realize that. Um, got The Exorcist by David Gordon Green. I liked David Gordon Green. Oh, it's got Leslie Odom Jr.? Hmm. And Dowd. Okay, Ellen Burstyn. Okay, we got some... That's going to be an interesting movie. I wonder what Leslie Odom Jr. Is he going to be the priest? Um. So, Dune Part 2. Oh, my God, that's next year. I love Dune Part 1. I saw that in IMAX in, in Austin, Texas. Fucking amazing. Um, Hunger Games, I know nothing about them, and doesn't even, it's kind of, it looks like it's like a spinoff, doesn't even have, uh, Jennifer Lawrence in there anymore. Wonka with Timothy May, um, directed by Paul King, I don't know anything about this, starring Rowan Atkinson, Keegan-Michael Key, Sally Hawkins, Olivia Coleman. This is an interesting, I, I, I don't really, no one here, all of these people are fairly older, so I wonder what kind of... Um, origin story we're gonna get here. Oh, the color purple. Um, that's in December. Untitled Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. 
Yikes. I haven't seen any of that, so I'm not really sure. Oh, Carrie Coon. I like that. Um, I like her. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom with uh, Jason Momoa is supposed to open Christmas 2023. I'm curious. That's pretty confident for that. Um, I'm wondering if that's the smart thing to do. Christmas, uh, Christmas time. The Nightingale with Dakota Fanning. Um, I don't. I thought that that was already out. Both, both Dakota and Ellie Fanning, and Legally Blonde three. Don't. I, oh, it's got Jennifer Coolidge, so everyone's gonna be seeing that. Um, yeah, I um uh, got an interesting list this year. This is pretty pretty powerful year. If I look at the movies that we have already talked about today. Um, I don't think I anticipated the most, most of these movies, obviously triple R. So everything I was not expecting triple R Northman turning red hustle, um, the menu, all those movies I was not expecting. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the top 10 movies. I'll go back real quick. Top 10, uh, starting the menu. Nope. Hustle. Top gun. Maverick turning red, the Batman, the Northman, triple R. Avatar The Way of Water. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That is the list. You can go scroll down in uh, the podcast or whatever feed you're listening to, YouTube or whatever, um, to check out the entire list if you want to come back and refer back to it and check them all out. But you can go to uh, luckydollpodcast.com and check out the previous year's list of our top ten movies if you want to catch up from previous years. Um podcasts and everything maybe catch up to some of the top movies that made it on those lists as well again these are subject to change i might hate these movies in a week i might love a whole nother list of movies in another week it it's all subject to change this is just me you know making a condensed list uh standing here right now was it uh january 18th 2023 so i appreciate you listening watching look it out look it out podcast go to luckitoutpodcast.com to support the channel Links are in below. You can donate. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast to get all of these podcasts early and full in the dense condensed reviews. Um, the condensed reviews are on YouTube. You can get all of the uh, audios, uh, audio podcasts via, um, you can obviously get it on the Patreon. You can get it on the SoundCloud. You can get it on the Apple iTunes. Uh, all the sound, on the, all the SoundCloud, SoundCloud, SoundCloud provided players. Um, Castbox, tune in, all of them. So be sure to check out uh, lookitoutpodcast.com. Five stars on Apple iTunes Podcast to keep us up in the rating. Subscribe, like, you know what to do on YouTube. Thank you for listening, watching Look It Out Podcast. Take it easy. And also let me know what your top 10 movies of 2022 are. Thank you. Take it easy.